Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Lizey, here with both of my co-hosts today, Dalton Miller and Cole Patterson. We are back to talk some Dallas Cowboys football as we hopefully, knock on wood, cross fingers, approach training camp coming up here in the, the near future is the hope. Um, we've already gotten some preseason games cut, but uh, we're hoping that some sort of a training camp will happen, and it should be right around the corner if it does. Um, so we're going to talk about quarterbacks and running backs today as we look to wrap up our positional series that we've been doing the last couple of weeks. Uh, These are the last two positions that we have to talk about, so we're going to talk about them today. May get into a little bit of some uh, contract talk with Dak Prescott as his uh, franchise tag slash contract extension deadline is coming to a a close here in the next week. Um, So we might mention a little bit about that as well. But before we get started, how are you guys today? Doing pretty well. How about y'all? I'm doing pretty fantastic. Uh, shot an 81 today from, you know, nice. 7,100 yards. So uh, I'm finally starting to get that game going. Yeah. Got to gotta qualify for the Dallas Am on the 18th. So it's got to get going. Mm-hmm. Is that Was that a serious thing or are you really trying to? Yeah, I'm, I'm playing in the net division. But, yeah. The, yeah, not the gross. Next year we'll be in the gross division. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, cool, we're going to keep this another short and sweet one today. Uh, we got two positions we're talking about, the quarterbacks and running backs. We'll start off with the running backs um, first, and, and I feel like this is going to be a pretty, like I said, a, sh- a short and sweet podcast today. Um, nothing too uh, surprising or flashy. You know, we, we pretty much have – um, what, what's there is probably what's going to be there. There's not going to be any real big movement inside the, the depth chart or roster for either one of those positions. Um, so we'll start with the running backs. Uh, Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard, Jordan Chun um, are, are your three quote-unquote depth chart running backs. Uh, you have Rico Dowdle and Darius Anderson, uh, two rookies coming in to training camp looking for a roster spot. Um, and then your fullback is Jameez Alawale, and then Dalton. I'm going to leave the the name to you as for, for our TCU guy. No, I don't need to even attempt it. Honestly, it's it, okay. So hold on, hold on. I actually I need to see it first. I, I, let me actually get the the Cowboys depth chart up. I wasn't thinking that I was going to need to do this because you know I, I you know know it off the top of my head, but it is. Siwo Olanulawa. Olan 
What, what, is, what is your confidence level if that was there right? Zero confidence level. <laughs> I, dude, I need to get the beast back so I can actually get the notification. Uh, I mean, what are the – I hate to say it like this, but, like, what are the chances an undrafted rookie like that is going to take a spot from an entrenched fullback like Jameez Olawale? I mean, we, we might as well just get the fullbacks out of the way now because we don't want to see them on the damn field anyways. If it was me, I would 100% – have our boy Sewo Alnaleo as the starting fullback. 100%. I absolutely, positively wouldn't even have a fullback on my roster. Well, <laughs> it wouldn't even either. be a conversation. <laughs> but I think Alnaleo is making like $2 million this year or something ridiculous to play fullback. So, But, yeah, you know, our fullback's likely going to be Jameez Alnaleo. But let's talk about these running backs. Um, you do have two intriguing rookies in Rico Dowdle. And uh, Darius Anderson. Um, Jordan Chun is the only other back on the roster outside of Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard who were safe as your one in uh, your, your one and two. Some people might refer to them as a one A and one B. Um, but let's talk about this third spot. Jordan Chun has been around for a few years, a bigger, more bruising style back. Um, do you think that he will stick as the team's third running back, or do you think that Dowdle? Or uh, Anderson has an ch- opportunity to kind of take that from him. Cole, we'll start with you. Yeah, I, I like Darius Anderson's chances of being that third running back if they do end up carrying all three of those guys. I think he provides uh, some playmaking ability as a runner and a pa- or as a receiver. Excuse me. Um, I think he is uh, obviously a local product. He was very good at TCU. He kind of split time with um, with the fullback. I can't pronounce his name either, so I won't even try. But I do think he has a good chance to make the roster. He doesn't have elite speed per se, but he was consistently able to make some big plays for TCU. Um, and I thought he was a pretty good. He could. He has a chance to be a pretty good change of pace back behind Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Um, so I think if they do uh, are deciding between Chun, Dow, and um, Anderson, I think Anderson has the best chance because of his ability to make an impact as a receiver. Dalton, I want to get your opinion on the RB3 situation in Dallas heading into the year. What's your thoughts? You know, it's a really good question, but I I have to agree with Cole at the end of the day. I think that they're going to end up probably going with Darius Anderson at the end of the day, Um, just because he's kind of uh, a little bit more of that all-around running back that we've seen. And honestly, I haven't seen a a ton of Rico Dowdle, just because I haven't been able to get into it with all the draft stuff that I'm already doing for 2021. Um, but uh, I, I think it'll end up being Anderson. He's somebody who I liked coming out of uh, TCU. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but at the end of the day, they might, he might, whoever the RB3 is, might get three snaps a game, right? Like, yeah. I, I can't see him getting any more than that because we have two running backs that are quite good. Well, the the only thing I'm interested in is Mike McCarthy does have a history of using, you know, like I go back to Ty Montgomery and Eddie Lacy. Like there always seem to be like at least two backs that got into the offense game plan um, and saw snaps. So, you know, we were used to for so long it just being Ezekiel Elliott. Like there was no real other option. And then last year we saw Tony Pollard get involved a little bit. Um, but I think this year you'll see, you know, multi-backs used more. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. You know, I think that if if you're looking for a third running back to carry, 
Um, Darius Anderson probably makes the most sense. Uh, Dowdle's interesting as well, just kind of a bigger, more bruising style of back, kind of what you got with Jordan Chun, uh, just a little bit younger and probably a little bit cheaper. Um, so that's an interesting one too because I think he could do some things as a goal line back, short yardage back. Um, but, you know, they're not going to take Ezekiel Elliott off the field in those short yardage situations. He's been been very good at that throughout his career. Um, but, yeah, like you guys said to start off, you know, the running backs are going to be pretty simple because there's not a whole lot of competition there, and the competition that it is there is for that third running back spot. Um, but let's go ahead. Let's take a quick break, um, come back, getting to the, get into these quarterbacks. Um, an interesting group here. Wanted to get your guys' opinion on a few things. Actually, real quick, can I can I talk a little bit about Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott? Sure. All right. Yeah. All right. Because I think we need to have a conversation about these two in terms of getting them a more equal workload. Last season, Ezekiel yeah. Elliott attempted 301 rushes. Now I know that he is a bell cow type back, but you are paying him over the next four years. So if you want him to live out that entire contract, you can have him and Pollard that entire time. But you are going to have to lighten the load on him a little bit. What I really want to bring up more than anything is, and and I take PFF with a grain of salt, however you feel about them, they put in the work to watch these guys on every snap. Um, Whether you agree with what they see or not is one thing. But the difference between Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard when it comes to tackle avoidance is massive. Um, Even though Tony Pollard only got 86 carries, which is going to have to change. You have to get Tony Pollard more carries next year. You have to get Ezekiel Elliott less. Don't make him have to tap on that helmet to come out. (laughs) Just bring him in and out with the flow of the game. Uh, get them both, you know, right around that 200 carry mark. If you want to give, you know, Zeke around 225 and 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 Tony Pollard 150, that that's that's okay. But but don't run him to the ground just because you're paying him or just because he is that quote unquote bell cow back. He uh, avoided a tackle on about 16 percent of his rushes last season. Tony Pollard was at 26% of his rushes where he avoided a tackle. I mean, that, that's a massive difference. Uh, so um, I, I would just like to see Tony Pollard get more carries overall. Um, I'm with you. And involved in the passing game probably a little yeah. bit more, honestly. Well, yeah, get him involved in the passing game. But, but with him and Ezekiel Elliott both when it comes to the passing attack – I don't want them to get into the passing attack if it means right. just leaking out last minute to catch a, a one-yard pass and get tackled for four yards well, on third and eight. You that's kind of I mean? where I, that's yeah. where I'm hoping that like McCarthy's background with Montgomery can come into play with Pollard. You know, getting him more in a route tree, having yeah. him have more more of a developed route tree instead of like you said, just running out into the flat and turning and, around. And I honestly, think having that experience as a receiver helps in that regard as well. Absolutely, and having Zeke run more than just half-assed hitch route <laughs> and the occasional vertical route would be good too because yeah. we've seen Ezekiel Elliott in, in very, very specific situations run a, a decent little whip route and get open. So it's mm-hmm. not like Zeke can't do it. They just they haven't asked him to do it. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm glad we brought that up and talked about that a little bit more too. So we'll uh, 
we're going to take a break, come back and talk about these quarterbacks, and then we'll be on our way and uh, getting ready for training camp here in a little, uh, just hopefully in a few weeks. That's what we're hoping on. So we'll be right back. We are talking the star. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N. 29.com. And we're back on the Talking the Star podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Connor Livesey, here with both my co-hosts tonight, Dalton Miller and Cole Patterson. Uh, really appreciate everyone checking in, uh, taking, a, taking a listen to the Talking the Star podcast and all the other podcasts on the Blogging the Boys podcast feed. Make sure you're subscribed to the Blogging the Boys podcast feed. Um, to get all the podcasts at Blogging the Boys podcast feed host, and it is a ton of them right now. So make sure you're you're subscribed and uh, uh, logged into that as well. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Let's get into these quarterbacks, guys. Uh, Dak Prescott, he is still penciled in as the starter with Andy Dalton just chomping at the bit to, to take over. Um, and then if you're on our lads, our boy Clayton Thorson, just an absolute stud, is – is is ahead of our boy Ben DiNucci, the JMU legend. Um, so I want to talk about that first off because I know you're a big fan of Ben DiNucci. I didn't watch a ton of Ben DiNucci on tape, but I saw him live multiple times throughout his career, James Madison, and was very impressed with the, his ability to throw the ball, run the ball, and um, – you know, again, never thought he would have gotten drafted and didn't really spend the time on him pre-draft, but uh, I was glad my team was the one to do it because I was a little bit familiar with him. So um, I'll let him start with you. Uh, ben DiNucci, he is the quarterback three of the Dallas Cowboys, or should be, I should say. Yeah, the the other guy doesn't even register to me. Oh, he's terrible. No, Clayton, Clay, honestly, Clayton Thorson... Um, is somebody who, when you look at him, he's one of those guys, he just looks like a quarterback. You know what I mean? Um, and then Philadelphia overdrafted him in, I think, the fifth round? Um, it was – I remember the Cowboys were interested in him in the draft yeah. last year, and I think I tweeted that I was going to cut off one of my limbs if they drafted him. <laughs> yeah, um, we had talks before the Senior Bowl – which he was invited to, that he was a round three player or a round two player for some teams. Obviously, that wasn't true because those teams did not draft him in rounds two or rounds three. Um, But I didn't like his tape at Northwestern. Um, 
ended up being, you know, a, a kind of a mix between him and Trent Green's kid playing there his senior season. I think Trent Green's kid was a sophomore or a freshman. And, you know, it, Clayton Thorson was coming off of a knee injury, but he still was never, like, somebody who I looked at as a potential player in the NFL. Whereas when I look at a guy like Ben DiNucci coming from JMU, first of all, I, I do have to address his tape at Pitt was horrendous. Right. Awful. He was bad at Pitt. I didn't like him. And when I when they ended up signing him, I thought this kid was going to be bad. But then when I finally got to his tape, he was a playmaker. He was somebody who reminded me a lot of Tony Romo, um, kind of in Romo's early years. Um, and, and Our so, man legs uses yeah, them well. And and if and can throw from multiple platforms. He can get himself out of trouble. He's just a fun player. And that's what you want to see out of a, a developmental guy who's going to be your QB3 at best. Because you don't have to have a backup because you have a, a legitimate, probably starting quarterback in the NFL as your backup in Andy Dalton. All right. And, and Cole, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to get your opinion on Andy Dalton. Um, you know, I, I was going to ask both of you a question here in a second, but uh, Cole... Uh, the Cowboys signed Andy Dalton, I guess it's been a couple months now, uh, to come in as the team's backup. Uh, when he was signed, a lot of people, you know, mentioned, oh, is he going to come in and start for Prescott? And that even Dalton himself kind of shut that rumor down. Um, so kind of give us your thoughts on Andy Dalton as the team's backup and how excited. I mean, because, again, I, I feel like this is the first time in I don't know how long that I've been excited about mm-hmm. the backup option on the team. Yeah, it definitely gives him a legit guy if something were to happen to Dak, like we kind of saw in Philadelphia on the road where his shoulder literally didn't work, and they weren't going to rely on Cooper Rush. I mean, there was no way they were going to put Rush in that game. So Dak just kind of had to battle through that. So having Andy Dalton on that roster, proven guy, he's been to the playoffs earlier in his career. He's He's been a franchise quarterback before. He's been in the league for a while. He, he's very smart. He's not a guy that's going to be a distraction or anything. Um and he's, he seems like when the Cowboys signed him, he seemed very uh, excited to help Dak. So that has to be a very good sign for the locker room, for the uh, quarterback room, for Kellen Moore, for everybody involved. That, that Dalton, like I said, he's an established guy. Obviously, he's on the downside of his career, but he's not expecting to compete or anything like that. He's He knows his role, and he's going to embrace it. I do think, like you said, it's been such a long time where they had a guy behind the starter that – you could feel like the Cowboys weren't completely lost with that. Like if obviously if Dak goes down because of something, then their chances of winning a game is going to drop dramatically. But with Dalton, I think that's a, I mean that's a huge upgrade, obviously over over Cooper Rush. And I think you can win a game or two, um, obviously considering the uh, depending on the circumstances, all that kind of stuff. He's a veteran. I think he can help Dak. Um, get to that next level, um, and obviously with Mike McCarthy's offense as well. Um, so I do think it's a great signing. They got him for cheap, and I do think it's – there's literally no downside to it at all, in my opinion. But I got a question for both of you real quick before we, we move on to Dak. Um, do the Cowboys have the best QB1, QB2 combination in the NFL? Off the top of my head, I think they do. Your only other one that I would say would have a legitimate contest would be Tom Brady and Jameis Winston because of what Jameis Winston brings as the, the backup, in my I mean, opinion. Breeze and Winston? Yeah, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <Not your day. laughs> 
How about teams mixed up? Nah, Ooh. yeah, you're good. Uh, that's a good yeah. one. That is a good one. Nah, yeah, that's I probably the I, top one. I think I'd, I think I'd have to take Breeze and Winston yeah. still. Because I think Brent, I think Winston is better than Dalton. Dalton yeah. But I think it's pretty close. But yeah. the real answer is Patrick Mahomes and, and whoever, <laughs> whoever the backup is. In yeah, because <laughs> the backup in Kansas City won like four games this year, didn't they? <laughs> what was their record when he? I think he was. I think they were three and two without him. Okay, still so that's a lot better. Than, that's a lot better than who? What was it? Matt Moore who got the. Was that who it was? I think so, yeah. Insane. Yeah. I mean, again, Patrick Mahomes is absolutely insane. Great. More probably going to go down as one of the greatest ever. But that offense, is it's very step-in, and you can still have success. <laughs> Definitely quarterback friendly. All right, let's talk about Dak Prescott. My next question for both of you is, do you think that we see another jump from Dak Prescott in 2020? We saw a pretty significant one in 2019. Uh, depending on who you talk to, some people think that it was a, a digress, but um, <laughs> I, think, I think most people that know what they're looking at and understand the game saw uh, some big improvements from the quarterback in 2019. Um, do you think that he can take another step forward in 2020? Dalton, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I think that he takes another step. I think that just the quarterback position is so dependent upon getting snaps and getting reps in. Um, and he's going to continue to get those reps. And honestly, <laughs> with the weapons that he has, I mean, he's upgraded from last season. And last season, he almost threw for 5,000 yards. And yeah, probably without the drops. Yeah, he. Well, I mean, he would have without the drops. Drops. Um, he upgraded at the the slot position. He upgraded at the tight end position. He's got another year with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. He's got another year to improve with Michael Gallup. Hopefully, Amari Cooper is able to stay a little bit healthier overall. Um, I I don't see any way where he would do anything but hold water. And, and I guess. Cole, I want to get your opinion on that too, but I guess, Dalton, for, for you, what I'm curious to ask you is what is that next step? Because we already talk about him as a top seven, eight quarterback in the NFL, some a little bit higher, some a little bit lower. I mean, is that next step in the top three? Is it a top? Yeah, when we look at the landscape of NFL quarterbacks, you have your, your guys that are on their way out. You have your Tom Brady's, you have your Drew Brees's. Um, I'm trying to think of other aging quarterbacks. You're Aaron Rodgers, who I think Dak is already better than. Um, and I already think Dak is better than Tom Brady as well. Um, but you're looking at Patrick Mahomes. You're looking at Russell Wilson. You're looking at Dak Prescott. You're looking at Carson Wentz. Like Lamar. Those are, Lamar. Those are the, the next guys. And um, Deshaun Watson. Those those are kind of guys. And and. With Deshaun Watson, the situation in Houston, if he's able to, to crawl his way out of that, then there's going to be no argument for me anymore that, that Dak Prescott is could be the better quarterback than Deshaun. If Deshaun puts up the same kind of numbers and efficiency that Dak Prescott does without That's fair. DeAndre Hopkins, then, sure. then we're talking about that. But if Dak Prescott goes out and lights the world on fire, I mean, I think that he might be a legitimate MVP candidate this year with the weapons that he has with Mike McCarthy, as long as he's able to get the offense down, that West Coast offense, that quick passing attack. Um, but 
Honestly, man, I, I think he's going to take the next step. I think he will be an MVP candidate for most of the year, and I think that this is a team that can legitimately win 12 games if he does take that next step. Cole, I want to ask you that same question. Can you see Prescott taking a next step into those top, let's just say, three to five quarterbacks in the NFL? Yeah, and as you all know, um, I've kind of obviously being from Mississippi State, I followed Dak for a while, and every year, ever since he – became a starter his junior year. He's gotten better each and every year in something. Obviously, uh, he struggled late 2017, early 2018, but injuries, um, a stupid receiver by committee thing kind of <laughs> hampered that. But for the most part, he gets better every year. He, ha- he finds something to improve on. And I think we saw that dramatically last year with John Kitna getting his hands on him, improving his uh, footwork, his uh, mechanics, and all that kind of stuff. He had his best year throwing the football. He looked confident. He was getting the ball out quick. He knew where he wanted to go with the football. Like y'all mentioned, if if it wasn't for drops, he would have had a 5,000-yard season. He very well could have led the NFL in passing um, and all that kind of stuff. So I do think he is an ascending quarterback. I do think Mike McCarthy is, is a very good hire for, uh, for Dak's career and his trajectory. I do think that's only going to improve, especially when you retain – Kellen Moore, he had that familiarity in the uh, in the room, um, so I do think he gets into that top three, top five range. I, I'm not, I'm kind of hesitant to say top three right now, um, just because I will kind of want to see him take that elite step. But I do think he is, if he's not already, I, I, for me in my opinion, I think he's top five, at least borderline top five, in that five to seven range right now. So I do think he does get in that top five, and top three is hard for me right now, just because Patrick Mahomes obviously has a spot locked down. I think Russell Wilson has that second spot. So kind of what Dalton said, that third spot is pretty much between Dak, Lamar, Wilson, maybe Wentz. Um, but I do think for sure he takes that next step, and I do think he proves and really trusts a lot of people up and that he is a legitimate top five NFL quarterback. Yep, I agree with both of you guys. All right, last question for both of you before we get out of here today. Do you have something, Dalton? It might be what you're about to ask, so go well, for it. Well, well, go ahead. What do you got? Do you think they get a deal done by July 15th? That was my final <laughs> question. I figured that was going to be your final <laughs> question. That was my final Fine, question. I asked you first. <laughs> I would have said yes until the Patrick Mahomes deal yeah. happened. And a lot of people disagree with me. They they think that it does, it's not going to have any sort of weight on contract negotiations. But any time in a professional sport when that next man up signs a deal before that other next man up, it has some sort of an impact, whether it's years-related, guaranteed money-related, average annual salary-related. It has some sort of an impact. And Mahomes' deal was crazy for the years, for the money, all that. Um, And it was almost so crazy that I think it's almost going to force everybody to just go back to the drawing boards and maybe just go, maybe we – Maybe Dak's side goes, maybe our four-year request was ridiculous because the guy just signed for 10. Maybe we need to go back to the drawing boards and, and do five or six years and structure it that way. And something like that might take more than a week to get done, which then could force the timeline um, to, to come into play. And maybe you do end up playing this year on a deal and hope something gets done last year. Um, but the history shows that most of the time when a quarterback plays out his rookie deal, and hits that franchise tag the first time, he normally hits it again, and then normally he plays for somebody else in year three. So I think it would be a pretty massive mistake for the the team not to get a deal done, but I wonder just how how many curveballs this Patrick Mahomes deal did throw into the equation 
um, when he signed it earlier this week. I'm kind of on the same page as you, Connor. Um, just with, I was already skeptical about them getting a deal done before the Mahomes deal. I mean, I thought there's a chance. Obviously, I was kind of hesitant in saying they definitely will because nothing they've done shows me that they will get it done. I mean, obviously, I know Jerry always says deadline gets deadline or deadlines get deals done and all that kind of stuff. But I was there's something in the back of my head that has me worried that deal wouldn't get done, and then the Mahomes deal. The splash that that happened, kind of like you said, they might want to go back to the drawing board and restructure, maybe add more years, maybe have a, a maybe different price point, stuff like that. I do think that might take longer than a week. Um, so it's already kind of skeptical that that would even happen to begin with, and Mahomes just made that emphasize that even more. I uh, my. Uh, My mind is telling me no, but my body, my body is telling me yes. It really is. And it's just because... What does your body have to do with this at all? (laughs) We did. (laughs) Come on now. Um, We did I feel like we might all get laid off because you... I mean, did you not watch the documentary? (laughs) What documentary? I'm so confused now. <laughs> you can't quote R. Kelly. It's 2020. <laughs> Jeez. Listen, listen. I can quote the man if I. Oh yeah, actually, you know what? R. That Kelly's body tells me yes is probably a bad idea. Oh god. Oh god. Oh man. Yikes. Uh. Well. With that said, I'll change that and say that my heart is telling me that the deal will get done. Um, My body has nothing to do with any of this. We're going to cut all of that out of the podcast. Um, I can't be out here on these streets quoting R. Kelly that will ruin the brand. Um, No, uh, I actually, I do. I do think a deal will get done. Um, I do think that and I know that this really isn't in CAA's MO, but I do think they end up meeting in the middle somewhere. I think they both give a little bit. I think that they might give a little bit more. I, I do think it'll end up being a five-year deal. I do. And I, I think that the, the Cowboys are going to cave a little bit. I think that CAA is going to cave on the years. Um, and I think that they might be able to spin it to where the, the guaranteed money is going to possibly be over what Patrick Mahomes got. That, that 140 injury clause, that 140 injury guarantee, I think that they'll try to spin it to give him the most guaranteed money out of anybody. Which should be, I mean, I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. That's he's all durable. time. He's durable. I, I don't like right. He might get hurt. Everybody can get hurt, but, like, he, he's been durable. That's, that's when guaranteed money is risky, when you're giving it to Carson Wentz, when you're yeah. giving yeah. it to Yeah, no, them. absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, there's some risk involved, which I don't know the oh. terms, but, like, with Mahomes, like, Mahomes gotten banged up some mm-hmm. last year, missed some games, games. A, you know, so there's a little bit of risk there. But what people got to realize is no matter what amount of money you're giving 
Patrick Mahomes, that team is going to be significantly better with him than without him, whether he has the $500 million or not. So pay good quarterbacks whatever they want is pretty much the the lesson that we're leaving with today. No, the lesson we're leaving with today is that <laughs> R. Kelly is a through, bad yeah. person. Yeah, okay. A that's bad per human correct. being. I don't want that to be confused. <laughs> we're going to end it on that note before we get more R. Kelly quotes from Dalton. But, hey, at least you didn't do the stupid Deshaun Jackson thing, so... Yeah. Good. yeah. We didn't even bring that up. But, uh, don't, don't need to talk about that. <laughs> no. That's all the time we have for today. We are talking to the star, and we will see you guys next time.